Hi, everybody. I'm Eric Arno, and this is a very special edition of Blank Cassette, the podcast that takes a close look at your mixes to get the stories behind the songs. We're back from hiatus for the month of June with a really cool set of episodes celebrating the intersection of comics and rock and roll. This is officially Comics Month on Blank Cassette, and to kick it off, we've got the writer of a handful of my favorite comics of all time, Mr. Kieran Gillen. Among other things, Kieran's currently writing a book called The Wicked and the Divine, a series about 12 teens who are both incarnated gods and pop stars. It's seriously an amazing book, and the fifth trade paperback volume comes out today. Uh, so Kieran curates a Wiktiv playlist on Spotify that currently has over 5,600 followers. So for today's episode, he selected a handful of tracks relevant to the book's latest volume uh, and talked about curating his playlist, how music and comics both intersect and diverge, and what it means to create this was a fantastic conversation, and I'm very grateful to Kieran for his time. Everybody, go pick up Wicked and Divine at your local comic book shop, please. If you haven't read it, the first volume is only $10, and it's so, so good. If you hate it, I'll send you like 5 bucks. Yeah, and then you can only have paid $5 for it. It's really good. So Kieran and I had a pretty lengthy conversation. Uh, if you're hungry for more, you can check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash for the entire interview, where Kieran gets into topics like the creation of Phonogram, which is his first comic series, uh, as well as his love for BoJack Horseman. And if you'd like to be a future guest on Blank Cassette, we would love to hear from you. Just send an email to mixtape at nerdalogs.com with a track list of a mix that's important to you, and we'll get back to you right away. After Comic Month, the show is going to return to hiatus briefly. But we'll be back for Season 2 in September, and we need another 30 or so episodes. Yours could be one of them. And remember, Blank Cassette is a Nerdalogs production. We make all sorts of cool stuff, like other podcasts, live comedy shows, and even games. I want to give a special shout-out to another podcast in the Nerdalogs family, MBSing, which today has the incredible guest, Tawny Newsom, one of the stars of CISO's Bajillion Dollar Properties, which is truly one of my favorite shows. It's so fucking funny. You can get all our podcasts on iTunes or at www.nerdalogs.com. We also post everything on Twitter and Facebook at Nerdalogs, so find us, friends. All right, I think that's enough promo for now. Uh, we'll be back next Wednesday with another installment of Blank Cassette Comics Month featuring some local Chicago talent. Enjoy!
Hello, uh, my name's Kieran Gillen. I'm like uh, sort of a writery person. And one of my things I do when writing is do playlists for myself to sort of set the mood. And one of the projects I do is called Wicked Divine, which is this enormous ongoing five-year comics project. And the playlist is like over 400 long now. <laughs> um, I'm not quite sure what the exact length of the playlist is, but that it says currently 400 is kind of a quite a cool time to be doing an interview. So since I've got basically... There's no way we can do a playlist of like 400. I've sort of selected like 12 tracks, which are relatively recent, because like one of the trades comes out today. So these songs are some of the songs that relate to the arc that's currently dropping. So yeah, it's kind of weird, doesn't it? I end up like using it as kind of like a tarot deck and mood board and stuff. So I pretty much, whenever I'm writing Wicked, I put this playlist on and have it on shuffle. So it's like whatever turns up, it kind of gives me an angle on what I'm thinking about. And there's kind of, there's broadly three sorts of things. One of this, this is the mood. You know, this song is kind of speaks to the intent of Wicked uh, and what it got, what it feels like. And uh, a second set of songs which are kind of like personal stuff, like you know, as in this is like the emotional material I like, am mining. Like this is the this is the stuff behind the characters. Then there's the the third set which is kind of stuff which is about specific characters. You know, as in like this song speaks to something this character feels, or alternatively, what this character feels at a certain point of the story. So some of the songs are almost like plot beats. You know, and some of it is just funny. And then, so there's definitely some stuff that just makes me laugh. You know, you know, and some of it's weird because it just reminds. You know, I'm 41, so there's some stuff that's specifically tied to me being 17, or me being 18, or whatever. In that kind of like, particularly digging back to some of the kind of like primal teenagerdom. Um, so yeah, it's complicated. Is the best way of putting it.
has no money There's barely any love But I see you And you're not alone There's vultures in this wasteland Watching as you crawl And they'll collect you When you stumble But You're not alone You've left bruises On everyone you've loved And I don't forgive you But you're not alone But I see you Yeah, I see you Yes, I see you And you're not alone You're not Wicked has a sort of four year stroke. I mean, the two, the gods have two years to live, but us will basically run for like, well, it's going to take five years to do, but there's kind of like four years of issues. So it's like four t- issue, four twelve issues bits. And this is like, we've passed the halfway mark, and this is now like, structurally, uh, the gods have got, the gods are free to do what they want. I mean, like, the fourth arc is kind of, was deliberately written, it's called Rising Action, and was deliberately written like a banger. It's the kind of, okay, this is going to be pop music, we're going to do action, it's going to look like Bad Blood for like five issues. <laughs> uh, and it's going to be like, it will give you everything you want. Um, it's going to be like uh, Bowie doing Let's Dance. Uh, and then it's like, and it went, and then you, you basically it's your sellout album. Uh, of course, what do you do after you've sold out? What do you, how do you live with that? Uh, like what do you do when you've won? You know, you've hit number one, uh, you know, and basically Imperial Phase is like, a pro- it's about self-indulgence, it's about like, the prog, you know, it's the double album prog stage. You know what I mean? <laughs> and that's even the fact we're doing Imperial Phase Part One and Imperial Phase Part Two is that oh, this is us doing a double album. Um, <laughs> so like that's what creators tend to do, and that's kind of what the third year is about. And that's kind of also through our metaphor, uh, like the you know you you reach an Imperial Phase and drop. I mean, Imperial Phase. Do you know uh, the phrase Imperial Phase is a line used by Neil Tennant, I believe, originally of the Pet Shop Boys. And the imperial phase in pop music is the idea that there's a period in a band or an artist when they get big. Not not just that they get big, but they get important. And they kind of get away with shit. You know, like, in the imperial phases, it's not it's not just that they're very big and always on the top of the charts. They get to make moves which other people don't get to make and live with it. You know, not live with it, as in, and people go along with it, as opposed to later they may not. I mean, um, and they had their they had their imperial phase at a certain point, and that's kind of why he phrased it. And the point of imperial phase, a, it's an amazing, amazing period for them. But also, the thing about imperial phase is they end, and that's the kind of the fundamental sadness of Wicked, uh, the obsoleteness built into it.
The weird thing about comics and music is they are opposite art forms. And I mean that in a very literal way, in that comics, you, the obvious one, comics doesn't have sound, music does have sound. But perhaps just as importantly, music has control over time, and comics doesn't have control over time. You know, music by definition has its tempo and it plays. Whilst uh, comics, you have no control over the speed your reader reads it in. Which isn't quite true, you can sort of warp them a bit. But the idea of they can always move back and forwards and, you know, you don't have that control. So there's almost no overlap. So at least part of the reason I was doing phonogram was, A, you know, we love music. But B, it was impossible. You know, the part of the appeal of doing phonogram for us was, oh yeah, you can never make music work. But of course, that's the entire point, because that force you should be, in, you know, try to be inspired and try to find new ways to translate stuff. And by definition, if you're trying something like that, you're hopefully going to be original by default. You know, <laughs> if you're trying the impossible, you'll probably hit something that, you know, people aren't often aiming at. The, the attempt to translate something into something that's untranslatable is kind of cool. You know, it's just a cool thing to do. And when you get something on the page that's synesthetic and it understands pace and melody, whilst you don't have control of time, you kind of like can induce people to read at a certain pace. And that kind of control of rhythm uh, can make comics feel musical or at least rhythmical. Uh, so there's, there's definitely kind of techniques you can end up using. When I was doing my ma- earlier mainstream work, I was like, I always want to get too much into my scripts. I'm not somebody who can be laid back. But I also know that you need certain spaces for images to kind of hit really hard. So I was like thinking about the Pixies or Nirvana, you know, that, the quiet loud structure. So it's like the verses, I do the quiet scenes with very high, with high panel counts. And then I get to the loud scenes and I, and I drop the panel counts and make everything big. So in other words, you know, I don't keep, I kind of play with, volume instead of like rhythm and i'm not sure how well it worked but that was kind of the the thinking but the connections between music is also interesting because it's all about um they're both real subcultural forms i mean i think about like the things i've loved in life in terms of you know i I love books and movies and whatever but they are kind of dominant mainstream culture the stuff i've actually fought for is like games pop music and um comics you know and in other words, underdogs, stuff which society doesn't take seriously. And in some way, I mean, that says a lot about why we did Phonogram. We, we could have done Phonogram as a literary kind of comic. We didn't. We did it as a, a pop fantasy comic. Because if you did it as a literary comic, you're not doing what pop music is. Phonogram is designed to be distributable. Because pop music is distributable. Uh, and of course, we just kind of... This is our basic assault on the concept of high culture and low culture. That's kind of always been my thing. 
Um, you know, I don't. I think it's a it's a it's a false dichotomy, and I want to destroy it. Um, so comics has always people been the fact they are aesthetically similar has made comics and um, music have got that crossover. You know, and you kind of since they are subcultural people, you get people into music, into comics, and vice versa. You know, if you go back into the kind of like the head comics. You know, that's definitely there. You get the comic art, you know, and the visual, the visual nature of an album cover when album covers were important. You know, and you, you certainly track the number of bands who have been in, you know, I mean, if you, if you remove Marvel comics, just think about how many rap lyrics disappear. You know what I mean? <laughs> that's the real naturality. I think any like, artist looks at other art forms and what they can take back. It's amazing. When people are naturalized to the idea that, oh, it can just be like that, it is just like that. It's only They come slow, they go like the last light of the sun, all in a blaze. All you see is glory, but it gets lonely there when there's no one there to share. You can shake it away, 
if you hear a story People lust for fame Like athletes in a game I love Nina Simone and it's that kind of like it's a you know and specifically stars is this long meditation about what you know what art is for and what, what how amazing it can be and actually how painful and all those kind of things um, and the, the the fundamental tragedy of it all and that's kind of like oh yeah that's kind of what Wicked Dib's trying to do my work at, at best tends to bittersweet tends towards bittersweetness and there's like stars is, is as bittersweet as it gets you know I mean there's some fun that goes in the players it's like oh yeah that's my magnetic north that's kind of the emotional effect I'm looking for I want to do something that good I've had people say, oh yeah, Kira, that's really smart marketing, you know, because every time you add a song, it updates, it sends a message to people, and that, of course, reminds people that Wicked exists, you know, that's really smart marketing, Kieran. And I'm like, uh, yeah, I guess, because, uh, you know, I, I do it because I love it, you know? There's a lot of stuff we do in terms of the audiences. Yeah, on some level, it's good branding, quote-unquote, but I do this stuff because it's an expression of who we are as creators, and a lot of what I'm into is demystification. I'm also like... um it's a Dionysius part of me. I like sharing stuff. I like being. I like, I like hearing. There's like a Wicked Readers pl- uh, playlist. I haven't looked at that in a while. Um, so there's a, there's a dialogue there. You know, I, I like hearing of people's other responses to stuff like that. Especially in Wicked right now, I'm, we're both excited and petrified. I'm excited. Like we want it to be over. Like we're like, you know, there's gonna be eight main trades plus the specials trade. So like we've got three trades left. I've this week I'll be finishing off the sixth trade. So I've got like 11, 12 issues left to write of the main story, you know? I can see the end. We, I wish it was over so it could all be done. At the same time, I want it to go on forever. Um, you know? And that's that's creation for me. And it's just like, I mean, Phonogram, the way we normally put it, it's like Phonogram is about the 10 years before we became creators and Wicked is about the 10 years after we became creators. They're like sister books like that. Wicked is about being a critic and a, you know, what is a critic but a fan who kind of wants to talk too much? <laughs> um... Whilst, you know, Wicked is about, oh yeah, we became creators and this is the sort of person we met. And this is the sort of person we became. Wicked is a sort of designed to inspire people to make art. You know, and this idea is inspired to make people think themselves as creators and, you know, think of themselves as gods and whatever that, you know, and not, the gods are in quotation mark, but you know, it's, it makes me so happy when I see people sort of make, take Wicked and make it their own, you know, which is, it's very cool. Listening to Blank Cassette, a Nerdalogs production. All the music you just heard has been presented for critical and historical purposes only. If you liked what you listened to, check out full songs via our Spotify playlist or buy the songs on iTunes. 
Supporting the arts is the best. If you'd like to hear some bonus material that didn't make the final edit, check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash nerdalogs. And for more information on the Nerdalogs and our shows, go to www.nerdalogs.com. Yeah.